0: Welcome to More Tea Vicar from B and A Church in Bristol with uh, Wayne Matthew and James Stevenson, the vicars who are having well more coffee, not more tea. And um, we, uh, this podcast, uh, we discuss culture, theology, and life at B and A. We're passionate about the fact that we believe everybody in Bristol and further fields should get to hear the good news of Jesus, and enabling um, Christians to follow Jesus better and to introduce their friends to Him. Um this week at More Tea Vicar, we're going to talk about ethics um so there is a there's a park around the corner from me uh, like probably most parks and middle class areas it has a facebook group uh, and uh, as lockdown has eased, the Facebook group has got, become an interesting place to be in that everybody seems to have an opinion as to how the park should be used in the easing of lockdown. Uh, there have been views expressed as to whether or not the ice cream van should be allowed back and should he have his engine running and where his queue should be. Uh, and there have been people who have opposed the return of the ice cream van whilst welcoming the return of the latte-making, flat-white-serving coffee shop to which somebody pointed out that that might just be because they like coffee, not Mr. Whippy. And so what we want to do (laughs) is talk about this morning about um, ethics, which is, um, in case you didn't know, your ethics are the moral principles that you use to govern your behavior and your activity in the world, specifically in and around other people. Um, So, uh, James... Talk to us about uh, about that, about our moral principles and how we behave.
1: Excellent. Thank you. So I'm accessing a part of m- um, my education that happened, I think, approximately 25 years ago. So forgive me if I'm a little rusty um, as I talk. Uh, I think if we if we answer this question, we've got to answer it knowing where we've come from and where we come from as a society. So if we look back to the last major uh, crisis that we faced as a nation, it would be on the scale this, the Second World War. And that's. Um, that point um, we were asked as a nation to come together in prayer um, Christian prayer specifically. And um, it would be a recognition that in that time there um, as a nation, we weren't all Christians, but there was enough of a sense of Christianity being the, the dominant faith perspective of the nation that meant that actually that shaped how we were as a people. And, and Christian ethics principally is um, what we would call deontological. Um, it it um, right, and it's a big word. It, it means that we assess um, whether an action is right or wrong by its moral value in its essence, not in its outcome. So we do the right thing rather than um, we at the end justifies the means. And so everyone was involved in doing the right thing.
0: Um, how, do we, how do we work out? OK, good. Quite, good. Thank you. But I want to ask you, how do I work out then in that framework? How do I work out what the right thing is?
1: Uh, so it would be um, from a Christian perspective, it would be from uh, an understanding of who God is and as revealed to us in the Bible, um, and that would have been shaped by um, uh, the laws of the nation and and, and the, the teaching of the church. It's not that clear, not that simple, um, but but it is important to understand that as a starting point for our our ethics in the 20th century, from which then a an, an, an emptying of churches um, a, a, a disbelief in God emerging the rise of atheism um, contributes to a society in which we have dissembled ethics okay so people so, not, uh, not understanding who or what they believe in and why and therefore how they then justify their behavior
0: so the difference between now and 70 years ago for example is it 70 years ago yeah it is 70 yeah uh, you're saying is um even if even if a lot of the country weren't how you and i might understand christian that the the the, the united kingdom of the second world war was was monocultural by and large yeah um, had a small c christian understanding of the world and of right behavior so yeah. therefore when moral action was called for it would, there was more likely to be a, a kind of an agreed assent as to what that would look like and how it would be and um, yes. plus the other thing as well is you obviously had in in, in war and in the particular nature of the Second World War you had a very obvious kind of evil opponent that you could rally around against. Yeah. Okay. So 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 that's that. So um, if
1: everyone does good, if everyone does the good thing, then collectively we will do the good thing, and, um, and we can trust the results that will emerge out of everyone doing the good thing.
0: And because we live in a monocultural world um, and, a, um, and a kind of a, and a shared kind of a world where we kind of have a shared understanding. So even if we don't, you know, the, the idea of God, we, we can agree what that right thing is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, then you talked about churches emptying out and atheism. So pick that up. So um,
1: rise of atheism that comes. I mean, usually societal moves come about 100 years after um, uh, philosophical, uh, philosophical innovation. And so it's not surprising that in the second half of the 20th century, um, church is empty as philosophical innovation in the second half of the 19th century. um, challenged the existence of God with Friedrich Nietzsche and other philosophers. Um, So then we we have the rise of new atheism with people like Richard Dawkins coming to the fore at the back end of the 20th century um, and people questioning what had previously uh, been assumed that there was a God um, and that he, um, particularly in this country, Tree had principally revealed himself to us through uh, the Bible and through the person that, of Jesus. Uh, and so people were beginning to question, well, what does it mean to, uh, why do Why do we believe that we should do unto others as they should do unto us? Which would be a kind of a, a golden rule um, for ethics. Um, and, um, and then... We live with a dissembled ethical framework, and, and that also comes with a legal rise of the assertion of human rights and individual rights to expression of self, and, and that leads us up to a point where there's a crisis. Um, Hold on with... a second, I'm going to
0: stop you. Then explain the word. So somebody's listening. You've just said the word dissembled. If I, if you just said that on its own, what, what do you think? Do you uh,
1: so, mean? that so what we believe is not necessarily about God and about creation, or not creation, whether we what we believe about the universe, how, how it came into being, is disconnected from how we act.
0: Okay. Give me an example. Uh,
1: so, for example, um, you could uh, be a, a, a hardline um, uh, Darwinian in your thinking, that it's the survival of the fittest, um that is the the um the guiding principle for how the universe has evolved but um, when but live
0: a- aid came you emptied your bank account
1: yes um so so what's going on there and and even then if we are you know if we were really really committed to a hard line and not everyone is not a hard line darwinianism you you would not be um uh, you would not be agreeing with lockdown you would be trying to make sure that covid got itself into all of the care homes as quickly as possible um so that that's a and that that's a difficult thing um, for people uh, to hear not everyone who who's a darwinian would would agree with hardline um uh, this darwinian is really good because this is where
0: this is where a writer who a lot of people are reading at the moment uh, tom holland would pick up the point that um that in the ancient world you know lives weren't seen as equal and seen as valued in the same way and that the fact that we do think that is actually a christian thing that is deep in our in our psyche and in our mindset that even so that even when you point out because sometimes it sounds like you know the phrase it's a straw man argument that you're using against a hardline darwinian but actually it is darwinian ethics pushed to its extreme the survival of the fittest and there's even there are health service economists writing at the moment about how do you make a decision to um extend the life of somebody who's 91 by one year when at the same time the result of that decision in terms of the economic impact could be to shorten the life of a 28 year old by three years yes so yeah okay and Um, and 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 i was gonna say but also i think linked to that interestingly enough you talk about the second world war is the thing the second world war did in this country was hasten the end of empire hastening the end of the empire. Um, brings a level of, there's always been immigration to this country, but brings a level of Im- immigration from the, from the old empire in, which a writer like Leslie newbegin point talks about, brings up the whole idea of multiculturalism. The oh. in the of the <laughs> Sorry, Siri was kicking in there. But basically, well, yeah. Leslie Newbigin goes, now we've suddenly got a multicultural Britain. Where not everybody thinks the same thing. People don't look the same, but also they don't see the world in the same way. And that works itself out in their ethics.
1: Which then leads us to the point of crisis when coronavirus um, comes to these shores and the Prime Minister stands up and announces social distancing. And then um, a matter of days later, announces that we are in effect coming into lockdown. uh, Stay at home, uh, protect the NHS, save lives, which is in its essence a utilitarian ethic um, so Ooh, okay um, now what does
0: the word utilitarian mean james
1: from and mill you might remember this if you did re um, uh, or any form of philosophy but um, utilitarianism is, is is based upon uh the principle that there's happiness and pain pleasure and pain and it's an ethic that guides us towards happiness or pleasure um but but a form of utilitarian ethics is that we must do the greatest good for the greatest number so in the prime minister's announcement he was in essence leading us into a form of utilitarianism which says that we must do the greatest good for the greatest possible number we must stay at home protect the NHS and save lives and the uh, I think it was the one of the it was the either the scientific officer or the the medical officer that said um, you know we would do well to keep. Deaths below twenty thousand. So that that in itself was shaping um, how we were behaving. But the problem is that we weren't all committed to that ethic before, so we had no practice in it. Um, very few of us had any uh, reference to it or understanding of it. We wouldn't have been, been able to name that as the ethic that was behind those decisions. Um, but we we had. Um, Uh, as well as having no commitment to it, we had um, no lasting experience or understanding of how to live within that ethic. And so then as we come to the end of lockdown, and this is where we get back to your example of your Facebook group for your local park and the flat whites and the ice cream, um, common grace, which is another theological term you'll ask me to explain in a moment, common grace runs out and we begin to struggle with the loosening of lockdown and our ethical decisions that we make on a daily basis. And those ethical decisions begin to rub up against each other and friction and tension emerge.
0: Okay, what is common grace?
1: So common grace is a Christian concept that emerges essentially from Genesis 1 and an understanding that everyone is made in the image of God. And therefore, we, everyone, whether they're Christian or not, carries something of the love of god within them but the distinctive that comes in christian theology is that there is a special grace that emerges as people put their faith in jesus christ and are filled with the holy spirit and begin to live in the fruit of the holy spirit in their daily lives so everyone has common grace everyone bears the image god's goodness and it is understood that in moments of crisis that image um is amplified in particularly in in, in um, those who are not christians um, it comes to the surface in a way that it doesn't that's why we see people doing extraordinary acts of kindness but that that common grace um uh, can run out isaiah 40 talks about those who who run um uh, without tiring and that is a, a reference to those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who are able to act above and beyond what our human nature, how God created us, um, can normally do. Um, so we get to a point where we say as Christians, I can't do this, but God, you can do this. And that is a point at which God's goodness and his, um, his love um, outperforms um, that which human nature reflecting God's goodness can. So in those moments where we find ourselves as Christians um, uh, alongside others who are struggling with the absence of a clear ethical framework and are arguing about flat whites and ice creams or schools and hospitals, um, they they find um, those with only common grace Find themselves exhausted because they have been entering into an ethical framework, an ethical way of behaving that they have not been committed to.
0: So um, uh, there's a, there's a load of Fs uh, to explain um, uh, the sinful nature. Um, Excellent. So Where's
1: this going? I'm interested.
0: We've fallen. <laughs> no, no, you'll see where So we are fallen. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of sin, sinful. Our the hearts are fixed on ourselves. We're fallen, because of our fallenness. We're fragile, uh, which means you know we're weak and uh, we suffer and we die, and we're finite. We don't know all things, which is a really big challenge um, for most human beings. But but Francis Schaeffer, who uh, is um, uh, an apologist from the sort of late 20th century, would uh, talked about one of the major problems of the um, sinful nature being our um, faltering our ability to falter between what we know is right St. Paul talks about this what we know is right and and what we do and so uh you know we falter like in this part of Bristol we falter from knowing that there's a climate emergency and we should be doing something about it but then a whole load of people still booking their flights to go skiing uh despite the amount of carbon that the plane might chunter out that kind of stuff that actually there's there there is stuff that we we know we should do or how we should be uh, yes but we can't quite do it so i think one of the interesting ones is the um the spirit of st andrews which is one of the areas that you and i are responsible for mm. is a kind of hey laid back uh you know let's just go with the flow kind of spirit um but only to a point so for example when when um the the rpz the parking zones moved into montpellier which is the next area down and all the van dwellers moved out of montpellier because they couldn't park there anymore because they don't have permits and moved up to st andrews all the laid-back people in st andrews suddenly got quite cross about the fact that there were these vans parked around nimbyism came
1: up. to the surface not in yeah. my backyard yeah no yeah, yeah
0: and, but interesting that's that's what schaefer calls this faltering principle he said it's one of, it, it, it it's part of what it is to be a fragile fallen finite human being and that actually and this is why i gave the ethics things even though i know how i should be i still quite can't quite do it so
1: a crisis
0: prompts
1: a, an extraordinary reaction
0: and um, the, the
1: grace of God appears in those people who wouldn't even confess that they believe in him. And, and then as that ethical framework is stretched, that common grace begins to run dry. But those who call on the special grace of God are able to run further which is a challenge to Christians who um, have forgotten how to call on that special grace. Um, And, um, and it's a challenge to, yeah, for us to remember that. But what, what happens then for us as Christians, when we are faced with the challenge between the flat white and the ice cream um, between the moment when we find other people in our street talking in a group of six, but then somebody comes towards us and wants to talk to us in a group of three. um, uh, that, our response is not to bring an ethical framework, so we we don't come in that moment and think to ourselves, "Well, Jesus is full of grace and truth. How can I be graceful and truth gracious and truthful um to those people over there talking in a group of six and how can I be gracious and truthful to the the people walking towards us we We don't do that what we do is we offer people a person so
0: okay, who do we offer them <laughs>
1: Of them. we offer them jesus and but actually what that means is that we have to be connected to him so my answer at four o'clock in the afternoon is is connected to what i was doing at seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning or when it, whenever it is that you you uh, keep a regular time of prayer and how you then have allowed that connection with god in that time to uh, emerge through the rest of the day and how you've related to god as a person um, and and then out of that relationship, out of um, the, the power of God at, at work in us and the wisdom of God at work in us, uh, we know that we come to those situations uh, surrendered to him and wanting to bring him to the people that we encounter.
0: Right. So as we eat, so this is so we're back to... Um ethics and easing out of lockdown and are the moral principles that kind of govern how we live around one another you you started with the word deontological yeah but actually the word i might come back to now is is actually an ethics that is rooted in in ontology an ontological ethics ontology being your very being so actually my moral principles flow from who i am because of who he is Yes. Um, so uh there is, um which you are uh, you put. You, I, I own a copy of it because I, I I buy books, um, <laughs> but, you, but but you read them. That's
1: the difference between us. Yeah, but I haven't actually got a copy of
0: this book nor read it. But there is there is a, there is a, like when you do ethics uh, in, in theology, everybody makes you read a bunch of people. A guy called Harrowass, everybody has to read. A guy called Yoda. Da, 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 da. But one book is I don't know. Da, 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 da. Anyway, is is a is a book by a guy called Richard Hayes called The Moral Vision of the New Testament, in which he. And it takes a very long time to basically say this, is that most of the world says, this is what you need to do. And when you do that, stuff happens to you or you change or whatever. And Hayes makes a point that for Paul, especially in the New Testament, Paul says, because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of the re- resurrection and because of the coming of the spirit, we have been changed. So Paul says the old is gone, the new has come. And he uses the term metamorphosis to describe it. And that therefore we live our lives with one another out of that, out of who we have become in Jesus. And that our, our ethics flow from who we have become in Jesus and who he is. Um, and so we have, a, we, do have, we have a guiding principle, which is a person which allows us to work out how to be in the world for and around one another. Is that what are saying?
1: Yes. So to drill that down into a specific Bible verse for us to end, um, I'd highlight the last or Bible verses, um, the last two verses of the story of the prodigal son, uh, which is something we've been encouraging everyone to read as we learn what it means to let God homeschool us. So in response to the older brother, um, uh, we have these words, my son, the father said, you are always with me in everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again was lost and is found so the father in the story that Jesus um, is telling uh, connects with his his older son before he corrects him mercy triumphs over judgment Jesus came full of grace and truth. And, and so when we understand that for ourselves, we know that he has connected with us in order to bring correction to our lives. And then any thing that we see in others, we must recognize as a tension within ourselves. We as Christians are struggling with the loosening of lockdown. We are going to be struggling with the ethical decisions that we make. Um, uh, so then when we come in the sight of others, actually, um, uh, we, we cannot attempt to bring any correction to anyone else uh, without there being connection with them first and without recognizing that that we ourselves are broken um and and that i think that is the thought that we would want to leave people with um that that it's the kindness of god um, that leads to repentance
0: moral action doesn't start with knowing what to do but it starts with um a right heart which i receive
1: from jesus amen so that's how we deal with the flat white and the ice cream thanks for listening